I ran into my old college coach the other day, and man, I love this guy. He, he's like a father figure uh, to me. And he was a great coach to me. He, he taught me so much about how to handle adversity and uh, learning responsibility and how to be a man. And he was also the only one who took a chance on me to play college ball. I was really too small to play college ball, yet he gave me a full scholarship anyway. He took a chance on him, on me, and I'm forever grateful for that. So we're sitting there bullshitting the other day, talking about football, of course, and talking about relating it to what it is today and how easy the kids have it today and how tough it was for us back in the days. And, and I guess that's just something you do as you get older. You're always comparing then and now. And now that I'm removed, man, 23 years later, it doesn't seem like it, but 23 years ago, man, I played college ball. And, you know, it's funny. We were sitting there talking today, and and he was a whole lot more revealing to me. Initially, our conversation was, it was among a a bunch of other men, and we were standing there talking about the -the state-of-the-art facilities that that the university has today, man. These million-dollar facilities, state-of-the-art weight room and training room. The equipment is the best. They have a shoe and apparel contracts now. And, And it's funny, initially we were talking about all that. And as we got to, as we got to talking, coach kind of turned at me and, and I saw this little glint in his eye, man, just this connection. And the conversation ended up turning where it was just me and him. And coach was a whole lot more revealing to me. He told me how rough it really was when, when we played. See, the equipment we had, it was, it was, it was substandard at best, downright even dangerous at times, but we had to make it work. We had, we, we, th- that's all we had. The shirts were so threadbare that you could hold it up and, and, and the light would shine through it. It was so threadbare that it was from players long gone who had already played in those shirts and they were just used over and over again. The cleats had to be taped together. The cleats were taped together not as a fashion statement, man. They were taped to keep from falling apart, disintegrating on the field. And some of the shoes were just so big for you, and they, they lacked the necessary soles in them that your feet would slosh around inside there, especially as they uh, as you as you would sweat. And they would slosh around, and you'd get these terrible blisters on your feet. The jerseys. Oh, the jerseys would have to be sewn over and over again on Sunday mornings after a Saturday game because there wasn't enough money in the budget to buy new jerseys. The dorms we lived in had rats and asbestos ceilings. You could hear the rats scurrying around, scraping on the ceiling tiles as you slept at night, hoping to God the rat wouldn't fall through the open ceiling tile. He said in the, we were his, his first incoming class, him as a head coach, and uh, we were his first incoming class. He said, right before you guys showed up, he said, I, there was no money in the budget. So I ran all over town trying to raise enough money to paint the weight room blue and gold and put some cheap-ass blue carpet down. So that way, when you came at least into the weight room, it looked halfway presentable. <laughs> he said, you know, he said, Marsh, we didn't have enough of the of the rubber. We couldn't buy the rubber padding so you could slam the weights down and not damage the floor. He said, I just had to buy this cheap outdoor carpet to put inside the weight room. There was no money in the budget, literally. Not even enough money to mow. He would go out there to the grounds crew and and he would say, guys, look, the uh, grass is knee high. Is anybody going to mow or what? And they were like, coach, we got no gas. There's no money for gas. And coach would have to go buy his own gas 
to cut his own grass. He would ride around the, uh, the, the training facility on a ride mower cutting his own grass. He'd be on his hands and knees pulling weeds from the overgrown flower bed right in front of the coach's offices because he didn't want anybody coming to the field house seeing things in disrepair. So whatever needed to be done, man, he did it. And you know what? I never saw any of these things. Never. Not once did he ever tell us as players of the struggles that we were having. He just did what had to be done. And he kept us out of it. Because our only job was to play ball. And we did. And we won. I have three conference rings to show for it. And we were the one of the top teams in the nation every year. And we did all this on a shoestring budget. He told me today, he said, Marsh, you just make it work. Sometimes, man, you're laying the tracks for others to utilize. And so I guess this episode is really two parts. The first part is, is not everyone needs to know your struggle. They don't need to know the full story. They don't need to know the pulls and the strains and the tears that you're getting. They don't need to know the adversity and the walls that you're facing. They don't need to know your struggle. Particularly those who you lead and even your kids. They don't. They don't need to know it all. At the nastiest times of my divorce, man, where where it looked like we were all just going to be decimated, just disintegrated, just blown off the map. When my kids were most scared, I told them, I said, look, your only job, man, is just to be a kid. Be respectful. Go to school and just be a kid. Me and your mom will figure out the rest. I got this. I didn't know how. Truthfully, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even fully believe it myself. Sometimes, dude, we just had so little, just a few dollars in the account. But you know what? We got through. Fucking right, I was scared. Yes, I was doubtful and uncertain. But you know what? We made it work. And those you lead, they don't need to know your struggle. They can see your effort. They can see you're really doing everything that you can. They can see the, the strains in your eyes. Leave them out of the full story of the struggle because they have struggles of their own. Y'all just band together as a team and make it work. You know, I watched uh, LeBron um, on CNN the other night and Don Lemon, the, the interviewer, he was sitting down there talking to LeBron in his state-of-the-art school that he helped put together for these inner-city kids. It's like 250 kids from the inner city. You know, they don't, they don't get the same chances that kids from other communities get. And so LeBron, in, in, in his way, what he wanted to do is he wanted to give them uh, the, the necessary resources to, to get ahead in life. See, when these kids graduate, man, they get a full ride uh, scholarship uh, to, to college, man. There's educational resources for the parents to actually advance their, uh, their necessary education so they can get better jobs. And even there's a food pantry, too. And Don asked LeBron, he said, what if you would have went to a school like this? I mean, state-of-the-art facilities, uh, flat screens, computers, that school lacks for nothing. And Don said, what if you went to a school like this, LeBron? And LeBron said, I wouldn't be the man I am today if I went to a school like this. Because it was the struggle that made me who I am today. See, the struggle... Your struggle, as painful, as distasteful, as embarrassing as it is, your struggle is necessary. See, when you lack, when you don't have what others have, 
when you're when you're desperate enough to stretch and borrow and scrape and piece and match together little the little that you do have instead of bitching about the lack you work with what you got and you make it work and you know what you end up winning and those who struggle with you along the way with you well they win too because see you learn so much you learn so much in, 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 along the way in your struggle. You learn so much along the way in the struggle and the fight. You teach yourself how to get away, how to make a way inch by inch, little by little, piece by piece, minute by minute. And you learn. You learn so much out of the situations. You learn how to fight your way out. And you fight every day after that to stay out. You learn that work ethic. You learn about the effort, the endurance that it takes. So the next time that you that you that you face another struggle, you're like, "Oh, you don't know struggle. I know how to get through this." See, I know you won't out. I know you want someone to just swoop in and write you a check or swoop in and save you from your struggle, but your struggle is so very necessary. You're going to get out of this. You're going to win. You'll make it work. Just make it work. The little that you have. Don't worry about what others have. Don't worry about the the good that others have, the benefits that others have. If this is all you got, you make it work. Tape it up. Stitch it together and move forward. And others, when you see others struggling, don't rob others of their struggles either. I know you want to swoop in and help them. You may be able to, but you would be robbing them of the most valuable lesson because they got to learn how to figure it out too. It's, it's a lesson that you will take forward for the rest of your life. The most valuable lessons are in your struggle. Keep others out of your struggle. Not everybody needs to know it. Just lead. Lead through your struggle. And then... Don't be so quick to dismiss your struggle. Don't be so quick to point at the universe and point to God and say, why am I struggling? Actually, you got to be grateful. You got to have gratitude because the struggle is going to teach you so much. You may not have the immediate answers right now. You may not know all of the reasons why you're struggling now. But if you keep piecing it together, you're going to one day learn and you're going to look back and say, thank God for the struggle. Remember this, no matter what happens in life, life's all negotiable. And the greatest sale that you'll ever make is to sell you on you because you're more than enough. Thanks for tuning into The Sales Life. I'll catch you back here next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. Also, would you do me a favor and leave a nice review and five-star rating? That way we can help spread the love to everybody else. You can also share today's show. Just share the link and your thoughts on social media. I'm at Marsh Bice on Twitter and LinkedIn. That's Marsh Bice, B-U-I-C-E, on Twitter and LinkedIn. I'll catch you back here next time on The Sales Life.